And, you know, that's really interesting because APT 34, also associated with Iran, uh, has been doing a long term espionage, cyber espionage attack uh, with reconnaissance against all sorts of uh, Iranian nation state interests. In fact, uh, it's been operating, uh, according to reports, since 2014 uh, and has been using effective backdoor exfiltration technologies uh, to pull information out over over the course of action. So it, it really fits the definition perfectly of an advanced persistent threat. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Guys podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everyone. My name is Andrew Valencia, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Hill. And Mike, uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the boogeyman. You know, when everyone thinks about hacking or being attacked or threats, they're thinking about these actors that are breaking your system and, and pull out all your uh, valuable information, that kind of stuff. That's what we're really talking about today. So when I think about advanced persistent threats or APTs, I really think of it as kind of like a noun and a verb. It's really not a noun and a verb. They're both just nouns. <laughs> but uh, it describes a threat agent, a source of attack, but also a method of attack. See, in terms of a methodology, an advanced persistent threat is an attack where someone who's unauthorized gets access to the system, embeds themselves in, maintains it, thus the term persistence, and then is able to act against that target for an extended period of time. Uh, and it uses very sophisticated tools, techniques, and procedures to achieve this. But we've come to use that term to also describe the actors that take that approach. Uh, so when we, when we hear the term APT, it may refer to uh, an organization, an individual, a state-sponsored uh, hacktivist group or a hacker group. Uh, whatever the case is, uh, they're the entity that has the characteristic uh, of attacking a system in a particular way, and therefore we can track them. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good distinction as well because these uh, groups of APTs aren't uh, what you would call one and done or hit and run uh, malicious hackers. These are very sophisticated and very skilled uh, hackers with a specific goal in mind. Whether they be short term or long term in nature, they are. Uh, composed of individuals that have a specific set goal. Often they are uh, well-resourced by an actual nation state actor. I think it's an important distinction as well because these APTs aren't script kiddies. They aren't necessarily just hacktivists um, or one-off groups. These are persistent threats, right? Um, that use very low-tech and very high-tech or sophisticated means to gain unauthorized access to uh, to systems or to um, steal very sensitive information. Um, and they often align politically with the nation state, um, with a specific nation state, which is how uh, cyber uh, intelligence reports uh, and cyber intel entities are able to identify some of these um, hacking groups. So, in your opinion, Mike, though, why is it important to, to, to have these distinctions, though? Why not just address these by the attack as opposed to by the group? 
Well, these are the threat agents that we're most worried about. When we look at organization enterprise class uh, cybersecurity uh, procedures, policies, and, and, and uh, engineering uh, uh, solutions, um, we're talking about methods to keep these guys out. Because of all the potential um, threat agents that are out there, these are the ones that can actually do uh, the most severe damage to organizations. And they've been known to attack the critical infrastructure. They've been known uh, to undermine uh, organizations, even nations, in uh, what their priorities are, and basically engage in a form of cyber warfare using technology. Because these are well-resourced or well-funded groups, they typically have a very robust development process when it comes to their malware or when it comes to their tactics. Often that leads uh, to the discovery of new attack vectors that are used by a much less sophisticated attackers. So script kiddies or um, just kind of novices are able to use what these APTs actually do um, and their, their methods of attack. They can take those and actually then do it themselves. So if you've heard of a major attack against a government agency, against uh, some large organization, even against a major corporation, it was an APT. If you've heard the term zero day, most likely the zero day was developed by and executed by an APT. If you've heard of any major breach, most likely it was an APT. So this is the boogeyman. This is the one that everyone is most afraid of. In fact, we have a guest coming on uh, in, in an up, upcoming episode who prosecuted uh, some of these APT threat agents and actors, uh, and uh, particularly from Russia. But we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. But for today, let's focus in on why APTs are the threat that they are, how they approach us, what the danger is, and just some other characteristics so that everyone is a little bit better informed on what we mean by APT. Hey folks, Editing Andrew here. Did you know that the Cyber Guys are now available on all major podcasting platforms? That's right. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the rest. You can find the Cyber Guys there. Take us with you wherever you're going. Just search for Cyber Guys on your favorite podcast platform. That's Cyber Guys, two words, not one. And if you like seeing our wonderful faces, keep watching us on the YouTube channel. Just remember to do all the YouTube things, like and subscribe. Now that that's over, back to the episode. So who are they? Well, for the most part, they are, as you mentioned, funded by large organizations, whether criminal or government. Uh, Nation-state-sponsored uh, APTs are the ones we track. And there are a couple of organizations that track these. Uh, FireEye maintains a, a list. We'll have a link for that uh, in the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, in the notes. There'll be a link uh, to that in the notes. But um, let's just talk about a few of these. Uh, one of the uh, first APTs that, uh, that we started tracking uh, were some of the threats that come out of China. Uh, and you'll be able to identify these when you search for them on the web based on the abbreviation APT and a number. So we'll take it from the top, APT1. Uh, APT1 is uh, also known as Unit 61398 or the comment crew. Uh, they operate out of China, and, and they've been known to target the information technology space, sector, aerospace, public administration, satellites, telecom, scientific research, uh, consult and consulting firms that deal with scientific research. Their target is all about technology. Uh, 
And what they've done is stolen systematically hundreds of terabytes of data. In other words, if you can't build it, steal it. APT um, number one is associated with some of the oldest and uh, uh, frankly, widely used by um, threat agents today, um, backdoors and, and, and rats uh, that are out there. Um, for instance, if you've ever heard of uh, uh, the Barca fork, the Bark IO fort, fork, excuse me, uh, that's theirs. Uh, backdoor, wake map, um, uh, a number of other tools. Ultimately, their goal is to use spear phishing, targeting a particular insider, uh, and then to uh, use that insider to uh, click on something that allows them to download their um, malware right into your environment and uh, compromise the system from with an inside-out attack. Another, um, another Chinese group is APT number three. Uh, same thing. Uh, they mainly target the aerospace and defense uh, industries, any high-tech telecom firms and transportation. Uh, that's what they do. A lot of these uh, tools that they're able to execute, they're, they only are able to do that once they actually have access to the system or to the network that uh, they're attacking. And a, with a lot of these uh, uh, APTs start off with, though, is specifically with spear phishing, right? That's that's the main tactic that they have used in the past. Um, we'll talk about uh, some of the more sophisticated attacks, attack vectors that they have now, uh, especially as we get down the list a little bit uh, more towards the some of the you know APT twenty eight, uh, APT thirty, uh, thirty nine, and all, but. They typically do spear phishing, which is specifically targeting a uh, a person uh, or an organization or a group, um, and they usually do this through emails that appear to be from a legitimate or a trusted source. Think of an email from your banking or financial institution that says, "Hey, click on this link to reset your password." What that does is that it either downloads uh, malware onto your uh, system or it takes the user to a uh, a website that looks legitimate enough and gets information that the user inputs, whether it be username and password um, or financial data information. Uh, they, they use this tactic to gain access before they uh, execute a lot of these tools. Uh, and it really start, it's, it's interesting that they continually use the same tactics to get into these systems to begin with. Exactly. And you know what? Because of their characteristics, their favorite tool sets, and their targets, attribution, which is the process of identifying what the source is of a given attack, uh, is where we basically can, can come up and derive uh, the identification of um, various uh, espionage groups. For instance, uh, take APT10, uh, also called the Menu Pass team. You know, they use malware like Haymaker, uh, SNU, Gry, uh, Bug Juice, and a few others. Same thing, they get in with a spear phishing attack, but they're using these tools and they're using their action on objectives to uh, conduct espionage. Uh, they want aerospace technology, they want telecom technology, but they're mainly targeting, and this is how we can identify the source, they're mainly targeting the US, the EU, and Japan. Uh, and it's, it's that third, uh, Japan, that really kind of helps narrow it in, uh, together with looking at uh, the uh, source 
IP addresses and, 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 and known uh, methods to, to correlate uh, their source with uh, their actions. Uh, consistently with each of these, you'll see that China is mainly after technology and anything that gives them an advantage in uh, the uh, global uh, economic and political dynamics between the East and the West. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, another source, um, North Korea. Uh, North Korea has a few associated uh, uh, um, APTs. Uh, the most notable are two in particular, APT 37, known as Reaper, and APT 38, known as Lazarus. It's very interesting, I think, that North Korea has uh, well-funded and very sophisticated um, APTs um, out there. I think a lot of people in the general public wouldn't consider North Korea to be in, in that realm as, say, the Chinese or the Russians or maybe even the Iranians. But North Korea is a, is a, is a big player out there. And it's interesting. In, in the case of APT 37, uh, they mainly hit South Korea, which you would expect. They've been in a war state with South Korea you know, uh, for over 50 years, uh, 70 years almost. Um, so that's their primary target, but they don't leave out other targets like Japan, Vietnam, and occasionally even uh, uh, the, the West. But take a, an example of um, uh, the tools that they use with APT 37. Uh, they've been using the same sorts of social engineering to, to get their way in, but their tools are designed not only for infiltration, but for stealthy exfiltration. So by infiltration, we mean getting into the system, but by exfiltration, we, we mean taking information out of the system. Uh, so ultimately, their goal again is to employ their uh, cyber attack payloads so that they can stealthily move uh, sensitive, perhaps even uh, national security information out of the environments. Uh, their other target, um, 38, I mean, their, their other associated APT, the other uh, APT associated with North Korea, uh, APT 38, primarily has been targeting financial institutions. Yeah, yeah. They were also behind the Sony Pictures hack in 2014. And APT 38 is not, not to say that they're less sophisticated. They're very sophisticated. But there's also a lot of evidence that individuals that are associated with APT 38 actually going into the dark web or underground forums, specifically looking or asking uh, uh, in certain threads, uh, hey, do I need a I need certain exploit A or B so I can target this following thing? They rely quite a bit on um, on infrastructure that's already been set up, so they're less sophisticated in the way that they're developing their own tools like other APTs. But they are still well funded enough to kind of go out there, search it, and be able to use it. And, and exactly, that's interesting. We don't identify APTs purely based on their source or country of origin. Uh, but the team will have characteristics. The team will have uh, tools and tactics and procedures that allow us to identify and then, you know, attest the, the uh, uh, identify, uh, I'm sorry, attribute uh, the source intelligence to who, who they actually are. Uh, and each of them work in accordance with the objectives of their sponsor. Uh, so when it comes to um, Iran, for instance, uh, the 
suspected attribution of APT39 uh, is an example of uh, one where you can identify their characteristics based on their targeting, based on their sourcing, based on what they do. Yeah, I think APT, again, a lot of times with some of the previous APTs we talked about, uh, their strategies or their goals rather have been espionage or to gain access. I think something that's uh, uh, so far on this list that we've talked about uh, that's unique to uh, APT39 is their desire to um, sow chaos, not sow chaos, but to be disruptive, right? Um, one of their target goals, especially for the for some of the OPEC nations on their list has been um, disruptive attacks, uh, closing down lines of communication, um, DDoS attacks, or uh, distributed denial of service attacks to shut down access to certain servers. Um, and again, yeah, I think generally to sow chaos, right? That, that has been their goal. Um, and, and APT39 is not the only Iranian uh, attributed uh, APT or hacker group. Um, there are multiple. No, but yeah, 33 and 34 are two big ones. 33 right, and 34 exactly. are two big ones around. Right. And it's it's interesting because they have been linked not only to disruptive attacks, but also to um, uh, misinformation campaigns or influence, uh, what they call influence operations, I believe, as well. Um, so I think and that leads that's commonplace with some of these APTs where some of them uh, are more uh, strategic, uh, long term, and others are more kind of day to day or tactical where they they, they hey, we need to take out uh, communications to the specific group and they commit a DDoS attack. And you know, that's really interesting because APT34, also associated with Iran, uh, has been doing a long-term espionage, cyber espionage attack uh, with reconnaissance against all sorts of uh, Iranian nation state interests. In fact, uh, it's been operating, uh, according to reports, since 2014 uh, and has been using effective backdoor exfiltration technologies uh, to pull information out over over the course of action. So it, it really fits the definition perfectly of an advanced persistent threat. That's the thing is that the, these are not only small hacking groups that are hit and run, so to speak. These, these groups have very long-term goals and uh, are resourced enough to be able to do that. Um, and that, that's, that's something I think that is a misconception, at least speaking to some of the, the general uh, population out there, some of the, the, the ones that uh, only hear about cybersecurity news through, uh, through local TV or through you know, headlines, is that these are long-standing threats. And they have the, these groups have the ability to be long-standing because they're well, so well-resourced. Yes. Which brings us to some of the big ones, uh, like uh, some of the APTs that come out of Russia. Perhaps you've heard some of these names before. Have you heard of Fancy Bear? Uh, that's associated, yeah, yeah, or also known as Strontium or Team Czar. Uh, or uh, Cozy Bear. Well, Cozy Bear is associated with APT29, and Fancy Bear is associated with APT28. Uh, it was Fancy Bear that was uh, thought to be associated with the cyber attacks on the German parliament, uh, the French t television station, TV5 uh, Monde. Uh, They've known to attack the White House, NATO, the DNC, and even the Organization for the Security and Cooperation in Europe, uh, as well as affecting uh, the uh, presidential campaign of Emmanuel Macron. Uh, and that was just Fancy Bear, APT28. Cozy Bear 
Well, that one's also been in the news because they've been working against uh, the Pentagon system for a while. And at one time, successfully shut down uh, one of the email systems, the unclassified email system used uh, by the joint staff. Uh, there are a number of uh, stealthy and highly effective APTs uh, that are associated, associated with the Russian Federation. And I, I, one of the things I think is really important about not just APTs, but specific to some of these um, Russian attributed APTs is they are so well coordinated that they will often conduct military operations in concert with um, uh, some hacking. Um, we've seen that most recently with the invasion of Ukraine, where we had prior to going into Ukraine, there were... Um, uh, attacks across the board in Ukraine, including in the financial sector um, and the overall communications. Uh, but that only points to how well funded, uh, how well resourced these uh, APTs actually are. Something I think it's important uh, with Fancy Bear or APT28 comes from uh, uh, a Mandiant Intel report on them uh, from a few years back. I'll, and I'll, I'll read it directly. It, it says, over the past couple of years, Russia appears to have increasingly leveraged APT-28 to conduct information operations commensurate with broader strategic military doctrine. Uh, that's That points back to some of the attacks that you, you mentioned, none of which I think is as, as affects us as much in the United States as what happened during the 2016 uh, election cycle. There was a broad... Uh, campaign, uh, a misinformation campaign in targeted locations within the United States that was attributed back to uh, Russian APT, specifically to APT 28. So these aren't just organizations that identify, oh, here is a server that we want to gain access so that we can get certain information. These are groups that seek to sow uh, disruption into uh, the infrastructure, uh, whether it be communications, whether it be electrical, whether it be um, uh, 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 election infrastructure for these for for or, uh, for co uh, countries rather. Uh, they their goals are broad ranging, but they are but their attacks are very sophisticated and can be very pinpointed. So really, so so what what did we learn? What, what have we really talked about? Well, first of all, who are they? Uh, they're not just some kid operating out of its parents' basement, uh, a self-styled hacker. No, these are teams of, in many cases, computer scientists who are highly skilled, that are well-funded, and generally backed by a nation-state actor. Who are they target targeting? Well, they're targeting who their sponsor wants them to target. So you'll see an alignment between the APT and what the strategic objectives are of the nation state that sponsors them. Uh, so that means that they're going to try to collect intelligence from their enemies, in some cases, even from their friends. They're gonna to try to collect techno technological information that could give them an advantage uh, in, in either in commerce or in military capability. Uh, they're going to seek to disrupt and uh, interfere with the normal operations of their adversaries. And ultimately, uh, benefit the overall strategic objectives of the nation state that's sponsoring. But how do they get in? They get in like everyone else gets in. 
most basic cybersecurity is predicated on a trust things that originate on the inside, don't trust things that originate on the outside methodology. Well, that means that it's always the human weak link that makes it possible to create that inside out communication channel. The insider, the human being, clicks the link, opens the website, opens the app that then initiates the communication. And it's simply a response to their initiated communication that allows them to install the payload of malware on your system that then gives them the ability to have persistent communication. Once they do that, they move laterally. That means they move from where they originally uh, attacked the system into maybe another place where they could seem even more innocuous and set up shop for a longer period of time and act on that objective with persistence. What's the lesson? Don't click links. <laughs> if you don't trust the source, don't trust the source. So the thing is, it, it may be a boogeyman. It may be that hacker in the dark that everyone is afraid of, but in the end, their tactics are all roughly the same. And with some of the same basic countermeasures, maintaining good security, not allowing the human factor to become the weak link, uh, many of these APTs are crippled and un unable to act on the objectives that they really want to. Well, I think that's where we're gonna, we're gonna end it today, folks. Uh, remember, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, do all the YouTube things. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're listening to us on uh, uh, audio on your favorite uh, uh, podcast platform, uh, make sure you like the episode. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew Valencia. And I'm Michael Hill. Always remember, stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh,